0: two good trips to the toilet you're done
1: hey everybody uh we're back again this is cmy this is episode four and today we have a couple topics we want to talk about uh we're going to kick it off by talking about a book that christian actually recommended to us um the name of the book was i'm already brain farting on the name christian help me (laughs) it's called the lesser photographer (laughs) yeah that's why a
2: lesser photographer yeah which is uh if you are a photographer probably something that you should be striving to be, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know, I think a lot of times everybody gets caught up in, in the gear and the glitz and the glam and the lights and the flashes and whatever. And, uh, and I don't, I don't remember where I found out about this book, but it was like, I think it was another YouTuber. Um, And it's very easy to, I mean, I read it in probably less than an hour. Uh, Every, every chapter is, Maximum two pages. Um, and I think it's like 12 bucks on Amazon. It's a really, really, really great, uh, book to, to just kind of like take on a, on a quick flight or something like that. Um, you know, since everyone's flying so much during coronavirus, uh, but anyway, the book is mostly about trying to be your best self as a photographer, um, while not getting caught up in gear. Um, while not getting caught up in what other people try to sell you, um, whether it be their form of education, or uh, whether it be, you know, just camera brands trying to sell you on things that you might not need. Um, So I think in the book, the author talks about that he sold all his stuff and just kept his like most simple camera i don't even i don't even know if he mentioned what kind of camera it was did he it was like a yeah i don't remember or or something anyway uh he kept the simplest type of camera that he had and just stuck with that and he promised himself that he was only going to shoot with that for a year um and yeah that's that's what the book is about so i read it i told these guys about it and they've read it so uh we're going to discuss the book a little bit and um see what you guys think and Hopefully you guys have some input on this one because there's a lot of debatable things in the book, I think.
1: Yeah. Good. Yeah. So just, I brought up here. the It's by CJ Chilvers and my memory is the worst. So <laughs> apologies for punting to to Christian to remember the name and, and the, the author, but I uh, see so yeah, a book by CJ Chilvers. So I have it up here on screen share. Uh, but yeah, I, I read it actually um, over the weekend and it's probably one of the shortest books I've ever read that actually, it's, has had an impact it's like <laughs> yeah. really really short yeah it has the shortest chapters i've ever seen some of them are basically you know what was it you said Yanni, earlier it was like 26 oh, chapters on, and like i'm on pages chapter 45
0: through. and page 43. there you go yeah so it's a pretty <laughs> short book but um
1: you know my take on it just at a, at a high level is that i think it's going to mean different things for different people because it, it speaks to a couple different things you know for me as a hobbyist amateur photographer it, it talks. Uh, it has some themes about not taking yourself too seriously and really just doing it for enjoyment. And it, you know, touches lightly on the whole social media aspect of, you know, who are you photographing for? Are you photographing for, you know, other people's approval and, you know, are you trying to, you know, be like everybody else and not create your own style or do things, you know, uh, I guess naturally. So where that natural style comes out organically and then you you know, create unique work. Right. Um, so I, I think for me, what I got from it was that right. Um, you know, to just not, Take it that seriously. I mean, I question some of the the photos I take sometimes because it maybe doesn't fit what I'm, you know, trying to achieve or what I I see. I mean, I I I think I brought up in a group chat that we have right after I finished reading was that, you know, I feel like Instagram and social media and everything else you see online these days. I mean, especially since it's that easy to to access to the photography um, can kind of influence what you think is good work. Right um and he said that's that's something i'm guilty of right whether or not it's, it's a unique thing or not so i feel like this called that out and it's something i've been i don't want to say battling with but i've thought about it a bit so it's kind of reassuring to read it that you know it's something that's called out it is a potential problem for of people
0: so uh that was my take on it one of the things that's brought up for me it's i've always been a pretty like i don't take what i do very seriously i just enjoy going on taking photos but i still Instagram does get to you and I last year I think it was January I decided that I was going to start posting color photos and I've been posting color photos ever since if anybody's been known me or been following me since before then my feed was entirely black and white and I actually prefer black and white but everybody was telling me post more color post more color color photos are getting a lot more likes a lot more engagement so I started posting color photos and I also have been really strict about keeping the feed kind of consistent and everything looking the same so it's a Total, Aesthetically pleasing. Like, yeah, exactly. So when you look at it, it's like, it looks it looks like a portfolio almost. When you look at it, and what I got from the book is that I don't care. I'm going <laughs> to start posting black and white photos only. I want to start posting color photos if I want to post a photo in color. I might post one that's not three by two. It might be four by five or a square crop. Who cares? Right. I'm just gonna have fun with it. And if I don't gain any more followers and I don't gain any more followers, who cares? The people that are there, I like. We're, I've made a lot of friends through Instagram. Christian is my friend that I made through Instagram. And it's satisfied its goal. And if it gets better, it gets better. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But why stress, why stress out about it anymore?
2: I think there's, there's a really huge pressure um, when it comes to like, for example, photography communities on Facebook, as an example. I mean, I'm part of a bunch of them and they can be really harsh man like a lot of people don't they're not versed in giving criticisms on photography and the book kind of touches on like essentially nobody has any right to tell you anything about your work (laughs) and you can get your work critiqued and it's you know it's a great thing to want to become a better photographer of course but by the same token people telling you things about your photography without knowing you or knowing more about the story of the work um, or the reason you took the photo, be it any other reason than it was just aesthetically, of you know, or visually pleasing to take that photo or make that photo, I should say. Um, then they just have no, no reason to be telling you anything. Like just shoot what you want shoot it how you want to shoot it. And the more you do that, the more unique your style will become. Um, and, and try not to stay on Instagram too long and looking at what other people are doing. And like, it's great to take inspiration, but you know, at, a, at the end of the day, you're never going to stand out if you're trying to do what other people are doing.
0: And yeah, going off that, like another one that he mentioned, which is one of my like trigger points. He brought up the snapshot. And it's oh that photo's a snapshot. It's like, okay. If you go on like on the comment section, on Petapixel, so you shouldn't, but if you do, and like you <laughs> somebody will post like an article Thank teaching you. like have the that comment section don't.
2: on every channel.
0: Yes, but yeah. I am I'm a masochist and I love comment sections. <laughs> I like to be angry at the world. So you go on there and somebody will post like a tutorial about some technique they learned. And like the first comment will be like, why is this person writing this article? Those are all snapshots. Blah. I'm just like, apparently they were proud enough about those photos to put them up and to use them to represent their best work or at least work they care about. Yeah. Who are you to come here now and call that a snapshot? And even if it is, who cares? He yeah. liked that photo or she liked that photo and it meant something to them. And beyond that, for street photography especially, almost every single photo I've ever taken is a snapshot. It only becomes compelling as a body of work. Yeah. One individual photo I take is, okay, It might a few of them are good standalone photos, but the majority of them individually is just a photo that anybody could have taken. What makes it cool is that I have thousands of them. And when you see the body of work, it shows you an entire area, an entire community. Same thing, like the Americans, Robert Frank, those photos they're good photos but if you see any one of those photos individually it's not that impressive it's the entire book and his entire road trip across america that makes that yeah. work impressive yeah it's a story it's exactly. a story
1: in context um,
0: um, but i think every photo think, in that sorry I, yeah no go for it quick every photo in that book is essentially a snapshot
1: yeah i think i think what part of the problem is the and i hate to use this term the term snapshot has been weaponized as a way to you know, say, uh, diminish the value of, of a photographer's work, right? Say, hey, a snapshot is something that you didn't put thought into. And it's just, you know, you, because you're cool, because you have a camera, you think it's good, right? So, no, there's, mm-hmm. it could be, you have a nice camera and, you know, you can do better than that because of the camera you have, or because of this, there's this expectation set on it. And, and jumping back to the book really quickly, the um, Lesser Photographer book, there was actually something in there that didn't really use the word snapshot. But, you know, as again, you know, I've said before, the primary subjects that I have are my family, right? My family. So for the most part, they are going to be snapshots, right? These are my kids doing things and, you know, they're snapshots because I just whip a camera out because I see them doing something and, you know, grab a picture and it might be something that's meaningful to me and it's something I enjoy. Um, but anyway, the, the line in the book uh, or the, uh, I guess, quote was uh, for a professional photographer, the photographs, a product, for an amateur photographer, the photographs the byproduct of my product of a life well lived. And I know there's some variation of that, that's been, you know, I forgot who it was that, um, Brisson, uh, but as I was about to say, I think it's, it's Cardio Brisson says something. Yeah. It, right. So, you know, it's like, who cares like really how you get to it, you know, and like, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's just really pretentious. I mean, you
2: know, it says the, the quote is you just have to live and life will give you pictures. There you go. Yeah. That was the Bresson quote. Um, which is great. I mean, I've taken the most of the inspiration of what I do from Brisson as have probably many, 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 many throughout uh, the years that photography's been um, in a sought after art form. And um, I have a book from him that I'm gonna put you guys onto as well. Uh, It's called, I think it's called Conversations or something like that with with him. It's it's like a bunch of like different uh, interviews with him that talk about exactly essentially this kind of stuff that we're talking about now. Um, Another thing that I wanted to to talk about from the book that I thought was really interesting and made me feel like I was doing something right uh, was spend on images, not on gear. Uh, So this obviously sounds funny because the very last episode of this podcast, we were talking about how I only shoot Leica and Leicas are basically the most expensive cameras that you can get on the market so, um, so I know a lot about spending a lot on, on gear uh, to have you know, what I think to be the best image quality. But the reason that I did that was to simplify and so that when I go on a trip or I, uh, you know, I go to visit either my family or go on vacation or go to shoot a wedding in another, in another country, I take that extra time while I'm there and just kind of live and live through that and, and experience it and, and shoot what I'm taking in instead of um, being so worried about how to shoot it, what camera I need to take. Like, I mean, as long as essentially I have my M10 and my 35 millimeter, I, I can almost shoot anything.
0: So the book specifically calls out like a people because one of the main, M10, one of the topics yeah. that he- that he specifically focuses on is that constraints make you a better photographer. Lesser equipment will, can make you a better photographer because you lose that automation that a lot of cameras might have, the eye auto focus and stuff like that. You have to work more to get something. But let me find the quote where to go. I just had it here. All right, so the top the sub ch- the chapter is Should You Pay for Constraints? And the highlight I highlighted was Leica owners insist that you can and should the author says i don't agree
2: <laughs>
0: and cons- and then my favorite one is constraints come in all price ranges and the likelihood that your specific set of constraints is perfectly met with the most expensive camera on the market is pretty low which i agree we all like to say that we bought the leica because of the rangefinder experience and it's almost like a manual film camera in digital form that's why i told myself to buy it but in reality i just think it's a cool camera <laughs> and yeah. if anything it my Leica photos are objectively worse than what I do with a Fuji or a GR or whatnot. But, yeah. it's still the mo- but at the end of the day, the entire, the entire point of photography to me is just to take photos. I enjoy going out. And if I'm not getting a, a great photo, but I'm having fun taking whatever photo I'm getting, that's more than enough, which brings me to another quote from the book. <laughs> the end product is the joy of being present when photographing. That is what he considers to be a part of photography. That. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Agree that. Not the image, I, not the client, not the sale, just I the mean, joy of creating the photograph.
2: To be honest with you, though, as a professional photographer, um, my client's happiness is really important to me. Um, and not just as a photographer, but as a business and as a person, uh, I really want my clients to absolutely love those moments that I captured with them and their kids or with them at their wedding. With their family and their friends, um, that I always kind of in a way kind of seek approval from my clients in that sense. Um, I always want them to be thrilled about them. I don't want them to be like, Oh, thanks for the photos. Like I want them to be like, Oh my god, I love these photos so much. Uh they mean so much to me. And the way that you did this and the way that you did that. And I've been lucky enough where um that's happened to me a few times. And it, I think that there's nothing more rewarding uh, to what I do than to have that happen. At the same time, I am learning now and partly because of the book to also please myself and to enjoy the moment of shooting and the moment that I'm living in
0: and capturing. So yeah. based on, let me see if I could put this question and if I could phrase it properly your joy comes from your clients being happy and I'm, your clients also hire you because they like your style and they like the way you shoot. But a lot of times you go to a shoot and you might come back and you, you're not inspired by what you shot. You present it to the client and the client is ecstatic with it. They love what you gave them at that. Would, would that, does that still make you happy? Does that still make you happy? If you weren't happy yeah. with the photos, but the client was. Yeah.
2: You know what happens a lot? Uh, that I've noticed is, I will come back from a shoot sometimes a little bit even hot and bothered because I know that I made mistakes in the camera, like on my account. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, I should have shot this at blah blah blah, or I should have done this, or I should have moved the camera just a to touch this way. And then I'll go back, like after the shoot, I'll 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 take you know take the ride home think with that on my mind and my, I mean, the clients that know my, my business, my wife is actually the curator of the team. She does all of my calling. She goes through all of my images and selects them. Uh, We learned early on that I was not the curator at all. (laughs) Uh, So I'm really, really lucky to have someone like that to do that for me. And because she edits the images uh, once I see what's going to be the final product i feel much much better about it than right after i shot it without having seen that like end product or end images
0: right i'm going off topic now and we could edit this out if you don't want it in the show (laughs) (laughs) so christian the professional photographer you go out and you take your little black box and you click the shutter What else do you do as a photographer? Because it appears your wife does all the hard stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh,
2: that's 100% true. Like if I had
0: that set up, I would go pro too. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, a lot of people are really jealous of of me and and our business and like what I do because most photographers, and this is just – I hear this all the time, either from YouTube photographers, like mostly from wedding photographers and commercial photographers, like they have to juggle all of this stuff where it's like, you're not just a photographer. You're also the business person and you're also a CPA and you're also uh, an editor and you're also this and you're also that. And I've been lucky enough that I have found I I don't want to say a solution because that's not the word, but more so a scenario that works with my wife and I, where we're both happy with what we do. Um, She would, she definitely takes the work that some people would agree is less uh, joyful maybe, but I have to be honest, she absolutely loves it. I don't, I don't understand why, (laughs) like I would not be happy having to write emails all day. And she, loves it. Like that's her favorite thing. She loves to edit. She loves to retouch. She loves to style. Like when she, she comes with me to weddings as a stylist. And um, I mean, she has a, like many years of experience in bridal styling and fashion. Um, so, so she has that as like her creative outlet, um, which is why we love going to weddings together. But when it comes to the back end of the business, just there's things that I simply am. Am not good at or or proficient enough at to do them well, and she thoroughly enjoys doing them. So it just works out.
0: It's amazing because what a lot of clients don't realize is that oh, I hired a photographer for eight hours. Why are you so much money? Because eight hours is the shortest part of the whole job. You have to go <laughs> yeah. meet with the client, the truth, learn what man. the client wants, that's the take truth. the photos, then call the photos edit the photos, deliver the photos, and deal with any support after that. All of that takes so much longer than the actual wedding. Yeah. Yeah, and that's yeah. What yeah absolutely. <laughs> the photography is probably the
1: fun part, right? That's probably the it easy is, part. It is. It's right? the fun
2: part. It's the easy part. I love people. I love, yeah. I love spending time with my clients. I have a couple clients, more than a couple clients, that have been repeat clients, and I've seen their kids grow Not up. Not for weddings, I hope. uh not for wedding not yet at least (laughs) not yet at least um but yeah it's it's fulfilling it's fulfilling work and and i really enjoy doing it but there's something to be said about just delving into photography itself and going out and shooting no matter what it is whether it's work or you know street work that I do for myself, personal work, landscapes, anything that I find visually pleasing. And and just living in that moment is really where it's at.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I'm, I'm going to jump topics for a bit because uh, as we're talking about your wedding business, uh, wedding photography business, it actually made us, uh, made, reminded me about a topic that we were talking about earlier, which is um, what are you fearful of or your scariest moment um, in photography, and I, I, I guess I would assume that Christian probably has like the scariest moments because there is a lot more in the line than, than us missing <laughs> stuff. But um, I don't know. Actually, y- Yaniel had yeah, a pretty scary moment. I, I, I was about to say, yeah. Let, let's get to Yaniel because I mean, yeah, we we all know what wedding photographers might face. But go ahead.
0: I actually, yeah, this was something I wanted to talk about because the end of last week, beginning of this week, was pretty rough for me. In December, we always, probably not this year, but every other year, but this one, we take a trip at the end of the year, like around December to January, because that's the time we have off. And last year we did what's called the Grand Circle, which is the Grand Canyon, Antelope Canyon, the Mighty Five in Utah, which Canyonlands, Arches, some other parks I can't remember, Zion, <laughs> Bryce. That's, oh, man, I never remember that. Capitol Reef. So we did all these parks. My wife shot the majority of the trip of her, no, all of her photos on film. Either we have a Minolta autocord medium format and this lovely M6 that Christian made the mistake of selling to us. (laughs) And we took those on the trip. And and at the same time, she's been asking me to send it in and have it developed by the fine Lab. And I haven't been doing it because I just really, it's so much money to develop color film. It's ridiculous. And I put it off and put it off and I didn't wanna pay for shipping twice. And I was also shooting a roll of color, which took me four months to get through. I finally got through it and I'm like, cool. Now I'm gonna send out these rolls of film. I take it to work, I pack it all up and I fill out, the, fill out the form. But then I got busy at work and I just procrastinated and I wouldn't print the shipping label. One day I realized, like, man, I haven't seen the film in a couple of days. I look around my office. I'm like, I also got a bunch of Amazon packages that week. And I started getting worried. I'm like, did I clean up my office and clean up all the Amazon packages and just throw the, the little, like, yellow envelope of film that doesn't weigh much, thinking it was empty, and just throw it out? Like, nah, it can't be. I gonna start taking it home. I come home. I look for it. for spend, like, a day and a half looking for it. I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. I'm, like, in bed having, like, sweats. Did your, I'm like, did your
2: wife know... What Not was yet. going on? Oh god.
0: <laughs> so I'm in bed and I'm like, I can't believe I lost all her photos. She was so excited to make a book of these photos. I can't believe I lost these. I'm such an idiot. I'm such a dick. Oh my god. Why can't I just send them on in January? What are you procrastinating for everything? <laughs> I finally tell her and she took it well. Or I don't think she took it well, but she didn't make a big deal out of it out of it well she probably knew
2: that you felt like shit about it
0: but like a couple of nights later she's like have you found the film (laughs) no it's gone this film is gone (sighs) i trip every single day i would get to my office i would open every drawer move every piece of paper look everywhere it's not appearing come home open all the drawers look everywhere check the bowl in the kitchen the dining room table which always has like papers in it I would check it every day think it's just gonna appear nothing a a day or so after that I'm like getting into my car and I don't know why I just saw like an envelope in the door it's not the film but I'm like you know I've looked everywhere I checked the entire car except for one spot I haven't looked under the driver's seat I reach (laughs) under boom found the film jeez I went straight to work. I printed out a shipping label and sent that to the fine lab. And I've been checking the tracking every single day since then. It's still not there, but it's in route. Oh,
2: That's funny. Man. Oh my there's, God. I was
0: so terrified. I felt so bad. Like, can you imagine losing an entire trip's worth of photos for somebody?
2: Can you imagine losing someone's wedding photos? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, shout out to Benj Heish who has a really great uh, video. We can link it down below in the description. Um, it's a really great video on how to not lose people's wedding (laughs) photos Uh, I think if you shoot film and you have you know physical canisters that you can lose that's a different story but at least memory card wise where you can back up uh, use hard drives you know um, to have all sorts of backup situations where that's just not going to happen which is what we do we you know apart from cameras shooting on several cards and blah 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 that's does just the that's SL2 something that's. Yeah. Have has, dual card slots? Yeah. The SL2 has dual card slots. The Q2 does not. Um, but. In that case,
0: do? So you shoot with like a smaller memory card, so you have to swap it more often, or are you just. I don't shoot like, with
2: anything bigger than a 64,
0: which yeah. seems large until you realize it's 40 something megapixel photos. Yeah, so no, the files are
2: is it's only 500 photos ish, like 530 yeah. maybe, 560 something. so it's not that many so i know that sounds like a lot of photos during a wedding it's not that many photos um so yeah it's it definitely brings the risk down and i try to we have we're really organized about how we back it up once i'm done with uh with an sd card i have it on my body all the time these are all things that bench uh talks about in his video he's he's been around for, for longer than I have in, in the wedding game. And he'll, he'll tell you a thing or two to look out for.
0: Do you have like a NAR box or anything that you back up to or? Not or a just...
2: Narbox. box. I don't have a NAR box, but we do take a laptop and uh, an SSD mm-hmm. to the wedding. So by the time we leave the wedding, we have, depending on what wedding it is and where, if it's destination, by the time the wedding is over, or at least by the time that night is done, we have four copies of the wedding. And we put them in different suitcases. And then one of those, like the pack of cards stays on me at all times, no matter, like I won't leave it at the hotel. You know what I mean? Like I'll keep it on in my camera bag, wherever we go, uh, whatever country we're in or whatever. So perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's ideal. Yeah. Yeah. my, My fears are, usually like not having a camera available. Um, it's actually almost happened a couple of times with like significant events. Um, back when I had a Sony a seven two, there was some problems with that. I don't remember what went wrong with it, but my son was born right around the time the camera was out for repair. Um, yeah, so like I ended up having to, to you know, cause I obviously was my first warrant. So I wanted to get some pictures like, you know, in the delivery room. So I ended up borrowing his right. camera cause it was the only camera I had at the time. Yeah, it was, uh, what was it? it was, what camera was it? The GF2. Was it no? No, I absolutely. couldn't have
0: it. Um, was it the X one hundred?
1: No, man, it was a Micro Four Thirds camera. Maybe the EM five. Yeah. You, you still have that?
0: it, no, was, no, it was a Micro Four Thirds camera. I one of my friends, but
1: yeah, um, I'd have to go look it up and see. But yeah, are you sure. I already. I'm pretty sure it's a Micro Four sure? Thirds. was even
0: Most people would no, probably dude. say
2: something. Most people would probably say something along the lines of "just use your phone." Yeah, I'm personally not a big fan of using your iphone for photography although the camera on the phone is amazing i just don't feel like i'm making a proper image with it, a phone I, I yeah it's something i can't get over i've heard yeah, all the rebuttals. I'm the have here. you I've have you read this book called the lesser rebuttals. photographer
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, know, <laughs> I know i know i yeah. know i've heard all no. the rebuttals but i just, i can't get past that like yeah. i can't no, I, feel, I feel i
1: feel like i can't put right. a phone
2: in my hand and be like like feel satisfied like yeah that's a great picture yeah. so like, so back
1: to the book to me taking photos of the phone feels like snapshots like it's like all right cool but it's, there's this thing here i'm just gonna raise my phone stick it you know in front of my face like three feet in front of my face and take a picture it, it doesn't feel like it's meaningful no matter what i mean i have taken meaningful pictures but that if anything for me for me defines what i think of snapshots like something i took a picture of and just didn't really care just I, I wanted to document it for whatever reason probably never look at it again that that's it you know not to go me- back to that original topic
0: meanwhile christian's previous shout out Car- carlos from tinte cafe he takes awesome street photos and it's all on his phone because he doesn't have a camera
2: yeah
1: yeah
0: and yeah i, I don't and-
1: think it's impossible and you know going back to like you know i think he just got something. a
0: camera recently did he know
2: yeah uh, i think he got a, a 5d or something
1: yeah i think it's the intent and i think it comes down to what you know like for christian and me you know we think don't get inspired to shoot with any intent when it comes to the phone for him, if that's his only phone or, you know, this is when he's getting into photography, you know, I, I mean, one of our first episodes, we talked about me taking a three GS to to California to like do mm-hmm. photography or like, to, you know, document a trip like that wasn't really a quote unquote suitable camera. Right now. I probably wouldn't take a phone if I went somewhere that, you know, wasn't that important. I didn't really want to capture anything, you know, high detail or anything, but
0: yeah. yeah. Noone makes fun of me all the time because I went through this phase before the X100 but after the GF2 where I needed to get a new camera but I didn't want to spend the money. I'm like, you know what? The iPhone takes amazing photos. <laughs> and I probably went out and spent like $100 on iPhone photography apps. I have, which I still have and I still use on occasion. But she, every time I buy another camera because I probably have over 10 now, she's like, what's one your phone? Are you just going <laughs> to use your phone all the time? And I'm like, oh, why did I ever say that?
1: Yeah, so I actually dodged a bullet so to speak uh talking about fear uh with my m240 i was actually um gonna send it in to get cla to get you know refurbished whatever you want to call it to Leica in new jersey um i was going to puerto rico for a trip and i just bought the x100 so i was you know excited to take the x100 so i figured it would have been a good opportunity to leave it there but something told me just not to bother i don't know why i delayed probably just like you know delaying his film (laughs) shipping off his film um and you know I was in Puerto Rico right around mid-March, and that's when everything started shutting down. Like the last day, day and a half we were in Puerto Rico, like restaurants were starting to like you know only not do uh, sorry only do takeout and you know not do internal inside seating and so on like that. Um, so had I sent the M240 in prior to that, I probably wouldn't have got it back because they the Leica like factory or whatever service center up in New Jersey shut down like, not too long after. I hear I things know are know still on backlog.
2: Fa- yeah, I know for a fact. Uh, that they are so backed up with with repairs. I had just sent in my M ten late last year to get CLA'd. Thank God. Cause like yeah. I don't I can't be without my M ten man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I dodged that one. Um I've had to send in a couple of the cameras before and you know it's usually just like a thing you you know do without it for like two weeks and it's not a big deal. But yeah. this would have been a little bad because it's the only digital rangefinder i have i have the m6 still but you know like you know i i, I don't know, I rather shoot digital when it comes to that so um so yeah dodge that um thankfully so that was kind of a fears like you know not having the camera expecting it to be a shorter period of time and it being much mm-hmm. longer which is what happened with um my firstborn my first son um sony had the camera promised it like you know in like two weeks or whatever time frame it was and they were delaying delaying. i actually went on twitter and like started started tweeting at them and eventually like they like next day they're like okay it's coming to you and i got it you know in time at least that's dude, like, awesome his, his newborn fix and not for his birth that's i mean awesome. i missed i missed that i didn't have that camera then for his birth but i had to borrow you com- camera but uh yeah i ended up 20. doing like a, you know again I, it was a micro four thirds that's you all you have to look record, in your lightroom and yeah <laughs> i gotta go look at lightroom i'll, I'll figure we'll, that out we'll so,
0: follow up next episode because i know everybody's <laughs> dying to know
1: <laughs> yeah right dying to know
0: Dude, what is I, I think of?
2: there's other things that i'm scared of uh and when it comes to photography i'm scared of of people getting violent with me for taking a photo of them on the street like if i'm doing street photography and like especially like bigger cities or more aggressive cities like new york or out of the country somewhere uh i remember being in greece and like Nothing really happened, but I definitely, like, I took a photo of a couple guys and they, like, I could tell they didn't like that. You know what I mean? Um, I know that there's all sorts of mumbo-jumbo about, like, the morality behind street photography and, like, whether you should ask or not or whatever. And, like, one of my favorite photographers just recently got into a a huge situation with Fuji, uh, Tatsuo Suzuki about the about the way he shoots they basically i don't know if you guys know about this but they made a video about him and he it's it's like a documentary of him working on the street and the way that he shoots is so aggressive that when fuji released the video people started just like you know cancel culture like they just started going hard on him and like that's messed up and that's not right and he didn't ask and blah 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 and they got so much negative feedback about that that they took the video down and they ended up dropping him like his endorsement with Fuji uh and I didn't feel like that was right personally but yeah that's where my fear comes from is like being too aggressive on the street cuz I'm I'm kind of aggressive when I shoot when I street shoot as well like I don't really get in people's faces so much, but like enough where they know that I'm taking a photo of them. It's not, I, I'm not ninja enough to like, I mean, sometimes mm. I am, but sometimes they definitely see me taking a photo of them. I've, I've been called names like in New York, I got called names and like, that's fine. But I, I don't ever want it to turn into like a physical altercation over a photo, you know, like yeah. the photos, not really that worth it. Like if someone, for example, if I took a photo of someone and they asked me to delete it, I happily would, you know, but I don't know. That's, I maybe that's an irrational fear. I read it's recently nice. about some guy that got like his camera smashed and punched in the face and he had glasses on. So his face got all cut up. Uh, because a GR he took,
0: shooter.
2: Yeah. 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 It was a GR shooter. He was like taking a photo of a couple kissing or something. And the dude thought he was like, I guess hitting on his girl, like taking a photo of his girlfriend or something, and like the dude got really pissed and essentially beat the shit out of him. And like, I don't, I, I don't want that to happen to me. But realistically, I don't want that to happen to my cameras, man. Yeah. Like, I have insurance, but damn, that would suck, you know? Yeah, I, I so, think
1: I'd be. Go ahead. No, go. Yeah, no, I was gonna say I think I'd be more fearful outside the U.S. because at least in the U.S., like, you know, it, it's home right we kind of know the laws and how things you know work for the most part so if you had to right i'd be more comfortable dealing with it here in a foreign country you never know i mean you know there's different customs you know i mean you know let's be honest right you know what's law and and what's fair and right is probably not always followed to the t in foreign countries i mean being an immigrant i kind of know this right so like you could go and do something that you know everybody may find offensive there. And even if there's no real legal problem with it, right, you're not going to have the assurances you have here in the U S where we know how the law works here. You know, we, we can right. probably get a lawyer because, you know, again, the resources we have here in general being, you know, uh, from here. Right. So that, that, that would be kind of relating to that. Right. That would be my fears that if something happened abroad where, you know, not as comfortable, I, I don't know, you know, as much about the culture or, you know, maybe I assume some things or don't have the legal resources, whatever there.
0: Like the whole legal aspect of it isn't really a concern for me because whether the law is on your side or not it's not going to stop you from getting punched in the face yeah like if somebody's angry <laughs> like, yeah you might be it's like the whole are you you could be right or or you could be dead right like who cares like yeah you're so that whole thing with fuji i personally do not like that guy's style of working i think it's offensive Intru- it's intrusive it's intrusive i find it offensive the way he shoots yeah but fuji knew exactly what he did fuji yeah. created this video of him doing this work and yeah. fuji published this video and then when people didn't like it fuji's like oh you're done we're, we're not working with you anymore i'm like yeah no fuji yeah. you You did this this is you're doing you like this <laughs> enough to, you like this enough to to publish it and now when people don't like it, you're you're trying to distance yourself? No, you messed up.
1: Yeah. yeah I like, like this but, is it's not anything new. Like this wasn't like oh, this one thing he did, right? This was not like something that slipped out, like he said something. Yeah, like, no. It like, There's like a bunch of know.
2: videos. At yeah. Samuel Samuel Street Life shout yeah. out uh, did a video <laughs> with Tatuo. Um in it the video is like pretty lengthy. It's a great right. it's like one of my favorite street photography videos on YouTube. And he did a video with Tatsuo where they're just walking around. I want to say it was in Tokyo. Maybe it was in Germany.
1: Yeah, um, it was Tokyo. I saw it too. Yeah,
2: But like that dude just like, he doesn't care. He just yeah. goes up to people and just, he, he does like this whole zigzag thing where he just yeah. kind of like sticks <laughs> the, the camera in your face. And like, dude, I mean, I I bought a first print of his new book from Seidel. Like, I love that guy's work. I think it's super interesting. I think he has balls of steel for doing uh, work like that. And on top of it, it's good. Like the work is good. The composition is good. It's interesting. He takes, he, he himself seems like a really interesting kind of guy, like the interviews I've seen with him. Um, so although I can, I can see both sides of it. You know, I can see how for some people, especially in Japan where it's more of like a restricted, like conservative uh society that behavior is very intrusive
0: yeah it's kind of if for people that don't know who he is you might be more familiar with bruce gilden yeah who has that very in your he's face. like a japanese bruce gilden yeah, yeah. who's I'm bruce Gildon, anybody that knows him he's a very abrasive person and <laughs> yeah but tatsuo
2: is, is not an abrasive person he's very yeah. japanese he's very quiet like seems to himself like he which just kind of his so, photography isn't but he himself is whereas bruce gilden is a loud new yorker yeah. who like so will fight I, you
0: and that's, <laughs> that's that might be part of the problem
1: yeah bruce I, I, gilden I was is a say, super
0: yeah. aggro like guy who if you see him like in a supermarket he's the sort of guy that you expect to get in your face about something like right meanwhile this yeah. guy looked he looks Fuji like a creep video, it looked yeah. creepy like the yeah. guy looked creepy doing what he was doing that's Because he's quiet, it has more of a. He
1: is
2: creepy looking physically, and that unfortunately, like, attains to why it seems creepy that he's doing it. Does that make sense? Like, if he was a prettier person, it would be less creepy.
1: Well, also, like, he, he, know he, he has that kind of. If you think about it, right if somebody gets caught doing something wrong, right, they kind of have this timid look to it. He has that going from where Bruce Davidson would be like, yeah, and what I got in your face, like, you know, like, fuck off. yeah, Like, like, like the, a confrontation with Bruce, Bruce uh, Gildon, right. You've seen videos of him. He he just kind of like, like, and
0: what, (laughs) right. And then like the confrontation ends, you know? and Right. And that whole, the fact that he looks creepy is what makes it creepy is. That's just human nature. If, an ugly person smiles at you across the room, you're like, what's this person smiling at me? If a good-looking person smiles at you from across the room, you're like, hey, look at that. This person's into me. It's, yeah. That's just the way, that's human nature. And Unfortunately, that is, that. yeah, but that doesn't
2: make his work any less good. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. I don't know. And I, being, being a big fan of street photography in general and a, a fan of Bruce Gilden and a fan of that kind of really aggressive, intrusive, uh, actually right before this we were talking about Mary Ellen Mark and although she's not as abrasive she her work is definitely intrusive like she has a lot of work where it's like people in the bathroom and like in the bathtub and like very private and intrusive work uh, and I really think that talking about human nature that is my favorite kind of photography is where you really see human nature in in the story in the photograph whereas it's it's just not superficial you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think alex soth is another one who's another huge favorite of mine i mean probably top three i love 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 alex soth's work um and he's another one that does very intrusive work uh he gets to know people but you know, he spends time with them. Actually, I saw some interviews with him where he spends time with his subjects before he even pulls out his camera or even telling them that he's a photographer at all. Like he gets to know them. He really goes in there. He tries to go inside of their homes and like spend good conversation with them. And then he'll photograph them. And his photographs are very, very private and intrusive. Yeah. So this is Mary Ellen, Mark, uh, this is actually a perfect uh, – go back, sorry. Go back to that photo. So a lot of the interviews that I've seen with her recently, uh, she essentially yeah. started photographing this
0: girl, that girl right there, Tiny. Her name is Tiny. I, I need to interject really quick. Yeah. When it says recently, he means that he saw it recently. I just found <laughs> I, out right now that she's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Mary Ellen Mark passed away a couple of years ago. I think it's like 2013 maybe. Uh, 2015.
0: Um, 2015.
2: Yeah. so um, you will not
0: find her on instagram
2: yeah (laughs) i mean maybe she her like she has like a foundation or her yeah probably you know uh her estate has an instagram but yeah she's not with us anymore so this this photo is of this girl tiny and this girl was a, a a prostitute at the age of 12 and um a magazine sent her to do a documentary on these kids on these street kids up in portland so she met this girl named tiny And essentially she followed Tiny like through her life and photographed her several times and would follow up with her and kind of go back to her. And which is, which is intrusive. That's, that's an intrusive thing to do as a photographer. And she even admitted herself, Mary Ellen admitted that she did it out of that like Tiny was just an interesting person. It wasn't so much out of like uh, worry or, or, regard for tiny in a way, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, so, you know, you said that this is intrusive. And I think just to, at least for me to draw a distinction between the two, like it, it seems that, well, and I've seen a couple interviews with Alex Solt as well. And I mean, a lot of the photographers do this where it's like, uh, you know, I think even Phil Penman was talking about, it. it's like, these are not run and gun, like never see the person again. These are people that they probably, have either spoken to or engaged with. So it might be very intimate and, and intrusive in the sense that it's close, but I don't think it's as, you know, intrusive or jarring as like, you know, Tetsuo's work. Not to say I, I dislike Tetsuo's work. I think the end result is good. I mean, not my style in particular, but, you know, I think there's a distinction there, right? Like this, this picture is, here seems like... There's permission like, here.
0: Yeah. There's, there's it, consent.
1: Exactly. Right. There's, there's, there's a wall that's been broken down where it's like, okay, this is not somebody just randomly sticking a camera in my face and I see it and this is the expression I have to be in my face, right? I mean, it, it may have been that at the moment, but I don't think, like this, this picture, when I look at it, it tells me that, or the, I see that Tiny, I guess, who is this girl, probably knows who the person is behind the camera, probably maybe wasn't expecting the picture at the time, but you know, it's not a. Right. Yeah, you know, again, maybe I'm just reading into the picture too much. No, no, you're, you're, you you're 100% it, you know? right.
2: Apparently she didn't, you know, they knew each other personally. Like, she got to know them. Yeah. When, when she met them, she got to know them. Um, and I and I agree, but I just, I don't, I'm just not one to see anything wrong with what Tatsu is doing. I, I think that he, I don't know if he can, he's continued, like, currently and continuously doing that type of work the same in the same way uh, maybe he's not because of like all the shit he got for it but I I really liked it and I'm glad that uh, that it happened like I just think that oh, man I don't know there's certain things in life man that you kind of just have to grab onto, and that's part of human life and human nature and if you don't those moments will never be seen like it's not the same like a lot of these images are just not images that he would have captured had he asked permission you know
1: yeah i mean some of these don't look too bad i mean i mean if you, I'm just looking at the preview here on on, on his website. Yeah, you know, these don't look any worse than any of the street photography I've seen. Yes, they may but be. So
2: some of these, this is a mix of
1: street photography
2: and some of them are portraits. So like that one, this is the cover is a portrait. Yeah. Uh, but these are street. Go keep going. There's another one that was a portrait. That's a portrait. Right. The girl with the umbrella. But like,
0: yeah. go back then, to the street. the one. Time that one on the left that's clearly one of those intrusive ones
1: yeah for sure but th- but here's the thing too and again you know so l- let's talk i guess about opinions right to me that could be if it was an american person it could be a bruce gilded photo <laughs> like it really yeah. does look yeah, it, which right? is sure.
0: super intrusive
1: yeah. yeah but and i mean it's the same thing i feel about it right where it's like bruce gill am like yeah his style not really my thing and i think it's kind of rude but i'm like you know again the work right it's like can you separate like the method from the actual artist or the final result, right? Well, um,
0: if for that, this work to me, his his work right now is much better than Bruce Gilden's in my opinion. I don't find anything art I don't like Bruce Gilden's work at all.
1: I There's some pictures that I really like of his, some pictures. Bruce again, Gilden is
2: not my favorite photographer either. Yeah. I, I do like some of his work. Uh, I just, I, I find him to be... Um, too abrasive as a person uh, <laughs> and and like yeah I'm just I don't really like that too much but there are like
0: he works hard to make people ugly.
2: Yeah I mean the, I
0: can see
2: why his work is important but I'm not particularly a, a big fan of his work per se.
1: Yeah like, that's it, a good call out. He, he works hard to make people look ugly like these yeah. pictures the, the, ones, like, one.
2: yeah, the ones Wild. that are the color ones that are just like super hard flash in the face, yeah, are almost like hard to look at, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: they actually the Lego store here in Miami was giving out books, and one of them was a Bruce was about uh, it was magazines actually. One of them was Bruce Goldin's work. I brought it home, and like, and it was these sort of pictures, like the ones on the screen. Now I'm like, no, oh, I just threw it away, like, I can't wow. look at this.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I also yeah, have yeah, a bad money. teeth. It's,
2: it's hard yeah. to look at, man. It's hard to look at for sure.
0: Um, yeah. But so I wanted to clarify something. The fact that I think that... Sorry, what's it? What's his name? Tat- 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 Tatsu. Tatsu. Yeah. The fact that I find him intrusive and abrasive and I don't like the way he shoots doesn't mean that I don't think that I think he should stop doing it. I, yeah. That's the way he shoots. It creates good images and he's technically not doing anything probably legally wrong morally. That's up to anybody to decide. Right. But I can't go out here and judge this guy for going out and taking pictures of people that don't want their picture taken when that's pretty much what I do all the yeah. time as well. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I, I could, I'm not going to be one of those people that doesn't realize that I'm, ex- I'm doing pretty much the same thing this guy's doing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's my thought on it too, right? Like again, his methods probably not Michael Petit, think it is intrusive. I, I like the end result. And you know, when Fuji dropped him, I was kinda like disappointed. It's like, dude, I mean, you know, you guys know what he was about. This is not anything new. It's like, you know, it's like backing a candidate, a political candidate, you know exactly what they're about. So, you know, I thought yeah. that was a little poor taste on Fuji's part. You know, I mean I again, just my
2: problem with it was was just the cancel culture part. Like I'm yeah, yeah. not I'm not a fan of cancel culture at all. Uh and And I think that that was very cancel culture like and it was just unnecessary because it's like what you're saying. They knew exactly what kind of work he does and how he does it because they were there when he was doing it. So so
0: Mark and I were discussing the other day about what is cancel culture. And you know something? This is actually the best example. I unlike Christian, I am actually a fan of cancel culture. If you do something wrong, you should probably be not canceled, but like boycotted or have some repercussions for what you did but he did nothing wrong with Fuji. Fuji hired him or contracted him or did whatever they needed to do for this specific reason. And then when people threatened to cancel Fuji, Fuji's like, Oh no, wait a minute. We'll cancel you instead. And they just passed the buck instead of taking responsibility for their actions. That is what's wrong with cancel culture.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, you, you make a good point about like, even this situation here, right? So he did not do anything illegal there was anything, nothing he did that's kind of like deplorable, like he's not like sexually assaulting the, the, the people or, you know, and, and I mean, I know this is a little extreme, but like to your point, right, like he's not really essentially doing anything that's different than you and I or any, or Christian does, like when we go shoot on the street, we're taking pictures of strangers. By getting closer is not necessarily uh, any worse or any more criminal or, or, or you know, yeah, any worse than, than what we're doing. So, I mean, like we're, you're just
2: you're you're not getting It's offensive. F- It's offensive. physically it's closer not. to anyone that you would just walk by in the street anyway. Yeah, you know right.
1: I mean? It's offensive in the same way, like, you know, somebody who curses is probably offensive to somebody who doesn't think you should talk that way. It's not wrong. It's offensive. There's a complete difference between right or wrong there that, that I think the delineation right. can, can easily be made there. Like, I, I, would, I would not characterize what he does as a wrong way to approach photography. Distasteful, not my cup of tea, sure, you know. Um, but yeah I, I just th- I just think it's sad I mean you know it, it makes me want to go buy his book now just to support it because I, like I said I think I think the work is good you know so I mean being
2: apparently he won I don't know exactly how it worked but he won some sort of award or he won essentially a book publishing deal with title who's like I mean getting a publishing deal with Steidel is like being a magnum photographer that's like what every photographer that does art photography wants to do is they want their book to be published by Steidl. So I think that was a really big comment on Steidl's part of like how they feel about the situation and about how like in the world of photography, that should not be frowned upon. Like, that's just what it is. That's life. That's what life looks like. That's how it is. So there shouldn't be, you know, um, any sort of negativity about it. You know, in, in, in the sense of, like, you can not like the word, but tell, but c- casting him out to be some sort of creep or weirdo, that's, that's not right. That's not right. He could be, like, yeah. for all we know, like, the nicest person ever, you know? Mm-hmm. So.
0: All right, guys. It's definitely getting late. I want to get to bed soon. <laughs> so it's been fun recording. If For anybody tuning in and checking it out and watching, please like the video if you enjoyed it subscribe even if you didn't, even if you didn't enjoy it, still like it, it'll help us. Yeah. subscribe and leave any comments any questions you might have anything you might want to hear us discuss and yeah come back next time we'll have another show for you
2: time time into these conversations we really want to have a back and forth uh with our listeners you know um yeah. this kind of stuff is is it's important to all of us which is why we're doing this and we really enjoy it so hit us up
0: yeah let yeah. us know your opinion on tatsuo's work uh how do you feel about using either your phone for a camera or just anything covered in the lesser photographer? Pick up the book. It's under five bucks on Kindle and give it a read and let us know what you think. Yeah.
1: And it's a quick read. It's a very quick read. It's it's I literally read it in less than an hour. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah so, two good trips so, uh, to the toilet. You're done. Yeah. Oh, <laughs>
1: one last plug formula one is back. So Mercedes Lewis Hamilton for, for those who watch for the forum. So yes, I, I know he's, he's an anti-vaxxer. So, well, he's really good. So, <laughs> cool.
2: cancel culture stuff, dog.
1: Hey, hey, you know, I might catch up All right, guys. All right, guys. Take care. Right. Bye. bye. Damn it, mouse.